Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 110 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And today we're going to be talking about the concept of making long-term choices, as well as I'm using a very specific example of my own life as I decided to release alcohol consumption, meaning stop drinking alcohol of all kinds and any amounts in my life. And this is a personal choice. This is not a choice that I impose on anyone else, even though, of course, if you are on a weight release journey, if you're not able or not willing to let go of it completely, drastically reducing the amount to drink will have a positive impact in your release goals. But this is not what this is about today. Uh, I'm talking about choices in general, and I'm using my story with alcohol as the way to give you an example so you can kind of follow along the different steps of the process. So just to get started, and like I said, I'm using alcohol as an example because I think so many women relate to this. But even if you're not a drinker, you probably know other people that are that you can kind of see a parallel to their experience. And then you just have to replace alcohol with whatever it is that you consume that you would like to stop. So for example, say that caffeine is your go-to of choice or maybe the, you know, salt and vinegar, potato chips when you're stressed or something like that. So pick whatever you want if alcohol is not um, something that is part of your life already anyways. Okay, so in terms of how we make choices, I actually recorded a very good episode that's very clear that I go through all the steps of the process and that's episode number six to two, why we make the choices we make. So I won't be going into the details of that specifically, but it's a very good baseline episode to listen to after this one so that you're very clear about what is actually happening in the brain as you are making different choices, okay? And that could be healthy choices or ones that you deem unhealthy. Either way, what we're talking about today is let's just say you're already making a choice. In my case, say drinking a glass of wine in evening as I'm preparing dinner, how can we actually shift a choice or change or stop a choice that been going on for a long time that in a way we may not really want to (laughs) let go of or, you know, a version of it. So it's what happens after a choice is made. So that's what we're talking about today. And I bring this up because I think there is a, a big misunderstanding when it comes to it. So when people start on a weight loss journey, in our case, a weight release journey, and they want to get healthy, they just stop cold turkey, right? Like sugar, processed foods, alcohol, in some cases, caffeine, all those things. And then what happens is they see results. They see results for a while. They're feeling great. And they think, I'm going to maintain this forever. But then it gets to almost like a, 
a, a specific tipping point in which you've seen results to the point that you're so satisfied that then we start going backwards, right? It's almost like you hit a little bit of like a plateau in terms of, you know, I think I'm pretty good here. I want to stay here. But then as we unwind those choices, we kind of go backwards as opposed to staying where we are or continue to improve. And I think that is very common. And the things that start to come back in quicker or first are those, I'll I'll call them the luxury habits, (laughs) the things that in a way we perceive we would love to keep if we could, if that makes sense. And a lot of times people know that bringing in processed food and things like that may not necessarily be super helpful. So it's a bit easier to keep them in the no-no pile. But alcohol is different because alcohol is one of those things that is so to us as this beautiful social enhancer of experiences. If you go to a restaurant or a bar, you see that the alcohol is displayed behind this beautiful in this beautiful cabinetry with lighting and the bottles are colorful. Like if you're into wine, the labels have such beautiful imagery and pictures sometimes. There is this very prestigious and very special atmosphere around wine. And often in times, if you love going out of friends and family, it is a very ingrained part of our social culture, right? You can go to a restaurant, everybody's eating pizza, and you can still order a delicious salad with grilled salmon if you choose and keep up your dietary habits. But that glass of wine makes its way in. It sneaks back in or you are in social events, or you're, you know, just in those scenarios that having a glass of wine or whatever your drink of choice is, is very common, is expected, it's almost craved. It is so easy for those habits to come back in. And if you have never considered releasing the use of alcohol, it may be a very stressful concept even to contemplate, right? So that's what I would love to talk to you about today. Now, the thing that's interesting about all choices and alcohol being one that has such an emotional connection to so many people is twofold. The first is that when we see that choice differently, it completely changes our ability to release it or feel you're missing out or just make a choice and be so easy to let it go, okay? And often that doesn't happen because when we're trying to look at it, we're not looking at it differently enough. So that's something I'm going to touch in just a second. But the other side of that same equation is actually understand what are the emotions behind the scenes when you make that choice. Because if you feel that if you were to say quit sugar or quit alcohol, that you're going to be missing out on life or on experiences, it is because there is an emotional fulfillment that that choice is providing you. So it's very important to know what that fulfillment is. So for example, in my case, I believed for many years that alcohol, because we talk about, oh, it reduces, um, you know, social inhibition and it makes you braver, right? Like people call it quotations, liquid courage, right or wrong. And I believe it's actually not correct, but, but, uh, so because of that concept, 
a lot of times I think it is easy for us to believe that if I feel a little anxious, if I feel a little uncomfortable and I still have to show up and perform just a little bit, it won't hurt and it would actually help me. And I think that was one of the long-term belief systems that I used to have that really continue to, in my mind, make it make sense, even if it was just a little bit. But the problem with that is that Nothing is really truly just a little bit, right? Like that is a perception as well. And if it's a little bit every day, it still counts as a lot. But also the reason why I was quotations relying on it or using it wasn't true. Because if you really look at the science of it, alcohol does not reduce our ability to be anxious. It actually increases Alcohol does not make us braver. What it actually does is that it reduces our ability to feel fear. And when I first recognized that, it hit me like a ton of breaks. It's like, oh my gosh, I spent my whole life working on the concept of fear and undoing a lot of you know fears from childhood or living in an unsafe country and all those things. And for me, the concept that I was consuming something that was making me more vulnerable and less able to detect fear was a significant tipping point. And understanding the alcohol was not doing the very thing that I was told that it did, reason why I would have that glass of wine if I felt nervous. And that was like really transform- transformative for me. It may be a different reason for you, but I'm giving you my specific example because it was when I put the two together and I saw it differently And I recognized this is the role, the job alcohol had in my life. And not only was not performing the role I thought it was, but on the contrary, it was actually making me less smart, if that makes sense, (laughs) to perceive danger and fear and things like that. That was really what hit me. And it really was the tipping point for me in the sense of seeing things differently. The next layer of it, if you are willing or trying to release something as ingrained in our culture as alcohol is understanding why you want to, okay? And that one may sound obvious like, oh, because I want to feel healthier and blah, blah, blah. And that may be true for you, but it is not true for a lot of people. (laughs) And I say this because it wasn't true for me either. And I only say this because even though on the surface, it sounds kind of obvious that we all want to get healthier and I'm not saying that's not true, likely it is true, getting healthier may not be higher as a priority than stop drinking for you. And it is not for many people because we still perceive we're getting more benefits, for example, short-term gain, the emotional satisfaction, the social interactions that may be of more value to you then the concept concept of the long-term health benefits of not drinking today, right? A lot of times we make choices that are more short-term, that are more in the moment, as opposed to those longer-term choices that the payout may not be for a while, and we may not even be able to quantify later on, were I, was I healthier or not because I didn't drink for you know that evening and so on. So I, that's why I say that knowing the real why you want to make this choice is so important. Because if it is attached to something that's either too far in the future or your reason is not 100% right is what you think it should be, but not the truth, that choice is not going to be sustainable, period. Because our minds is constantly measuring one thing versus, versus another as we walk through life and make choices. 
in the moment that, and it's easier to make, you know, those long-term, oh, it's my health choices when you're having a good day. But the moment that stress hits and difficult things appear, it is so easy to go back to the truth, which is the prioritization, what is most important to you. So if you really want to quit something like alcohol, you have to be very clear about what is the role it's performing for you, like we just said. And then look at all the ways that we can see it differently, right? So how it is not supporting the, the role that you thought it was. And if you really want to quit at that point, we need to understand the real reason why you want to quit. And it cannot be a, you know, noble reason, a, oh, it should be this, I should do that. It cannot be those things because they're not sustainable. You have to find that actual, the thing that hits you so hard, that makes so much sense inside your heart and your mind. And it's like, yeah, for that reason, it will be worth quitting for And that is the reason that I use in the process. Otherwise, it's not sustainable because your mind is going to stack up so many benefits of not quitting that it's going to be really difficult to maintain it when, you know, stressful days come or, you know, tough times in life appear, which is part of life. It will probably appear for all of us. So you have to be really solid. Hey there. Have you heard of my new book, Release? A Woman's Guide to Releasing Weight in Midlife Through Becoming Your Body's Best Friend? If not, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book or click the link in the show notes below to learn more and to see if this is the right book for you. I wrote this book for women to read before your next diet. And this is not a book about weight loss, another diet trend, or a magical solution you have not tried yet. This is instead a rebellion against hating our bodies and trying to change who we are. Together, we will release all that no longer serves you so you can get the body you want and make midlife the best and healthiest years of your life. I cannot wait for you to get the book. So go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book to learn more. Now back to the episode. Something else that helped me just a couple of other little things is really removing the pressure of forever. That is something that, you know, I really recommend in anything you do. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be anything because I think it just gives you control Otherwise, it feels that you don't have control because you made this choice and it's gone (laughs) now and forever to the point that if you say you're never going to eat sugar again and there is this opportunity at Christmas and you want to have this tiny little taste of something or for me, if I say I would never drink again, but then I decide to have a sip on New Year's or the champagne to celebrate the passing of the year, which is very much normal in my family's culture. It's those little things that I believe are not going to be deal breakers because one, it takes the pressure off in terms of a forever thing. Second, it tells you that if you were ever back in alignment with doing that choice, then then that's okay. You know, it's all about removing choices that are depreciating us, choices that are not making us feel our best, right? And something may change in the future, how you feel, how you behave, how are your values stack up, right? But also, if you have that ability, if I know I, quotations, can, and I allow myself without feeling like I'm cheating it or breaking the process or failing and all the, you know, heavy labels we give ourselves, I think it calms down the pressure. 
And the less pressure we have, the easier it is to perform long-term. So I just wanted to mention that. That is something I do for myself. If I ever choose to, I can. But I, I judge every situation at a time. So this, at the time of this recording, I just came back from visiting my family in wine country this weekend, past. And we went inside a winery, inside a brewery. And everybody had, you know, a drink of some kind. And I didn't drink. And it was not hard. I just had a, a small like um, smell. I, I smell my husband's wine glass of a winery that I used to love. And just by smelling it, I knew my body didn't want it. And that was that. And on the brewery, again, I just smell just because I enjoy the smells are very intense. When you talk about craft beer, it's very peachy and saying, that's wonderful. I can just eat a peach if I want to. <laughs> and that was it. Right. So I think that is really interesting because this is not just theoretical. This literally just happened in real life. And it was actually much easier than I thought because I'm in such a solid good place today with this choice that I'm not tempted by the outside world. I have more self-governance because I know why I'm making that choice specifically and what the alcohol meant to me before and what it means to me now. <laughs> okay. Now. The final thing that I wanted to talk about, and I think this is really important, especially as it comes to alcohol, for the long-term success of a transition like this, it is very important that you don't impose your choices on everyone else. And I think that goes without saying, but as you're communicating with family members, especially if your entire family actually loves to drink and cannot imagine life without alcohol, if you were to go to them and you know, open your heart and tell them all the real reasons why it may actually not be the best, you know, case scenario from what you would hope for. Because if some of the reasons why you're quitting are reasons that they also feel resonance with, they may feel by you doing so that you're showing this big mirror to them and they may feel guilty or they may feel afraid that that is also true for them and they also should and all those complicated you know dynamics may take place so instead what i suggest women do is that pick a reason if you want to just go with health that's fine because that is usually not other people's <laughs> reasons for it so just go with that it doesn't matter or say you're doing a cleanse or something simple but don't get too specific into it keep it for yourself and for those people and communities that you trust just to avoid being challenged when you are in the early stages of solidifying that choice. But also, and this I think is important because it's not just in the words you use, but it's also in your intentions and your energy, truly not needing other people to follow suit. Even if you believe that you just made this crazy, amazing discovery and you're changing your life and as you stop drinking, your body's changing, your health is improving, it is so tempting to want to go to others and impose that on them. But things specifically like sugar and alcohol that have very addictive properties, it is something that people have to be ready for and willing for. So as you impose or have the expectations that others follow suit, it can be a very disappointing part of the process. So for me, I do not need anyone else to not drink. I am okay with people drinking in front of me. And when people ask why I am not drinking, I just give them the one answer that I rehearsed, that not so much rehearsed, but decided. And there's a couple of versions of it depending on who I'm talking to. And that's it. And I don't justify myself. I just give them the answer and let them sit with it. <laughs> and sometimes people ask more questions, other times not, and that's totally fine. 
but it is just so solid and so clear. And I don't make them feel bad for doing it in front of me. I don't use reasons that make them feel that they're doing something wrong for their health. I just keep it to myself, my integrity, my my reasons, my choices, and that's it. At the end of the day, all this is is a different choice than somebody else is making. It's not better. It's not righteous. It's not none of those things because when you start adding those labels to it, we start to put ourselves in pride. And pride mode is not authentic self mode. So it's most important to know that everybody makes choices that at the moment in time they perceive is benefiting them more than bringing them drawbacks and negative consequences. And if your mind can see it for alcohol and you're ready to release, that's wonderful. But if the next person or family or loved one can't, that is fine. It is part of their journey. It's part of their progression in life. And I think it's so important to respect it in the sense that you both get the best out of the situation. So that was the last thing just to close this so that it's, so you have a solid, you know, sequence of events. So just as a quick little review of our steps, I would love to start by, or propose that you start by understanding what is the alcohol doing for you? What is the emotional role or job it's performing? Is it helping you manage anxiety? Is it helping you feel braver? Is it helping you forget a bad day? Whatever it is, don't judge yourself. Just write it down. Just really contemplate it and be really honest with it. Or does it make you feel luxurious and extravagant and special? Like, you know, it could also be a positive thing that is bringing you, whichever it is, adventurous or culture. (laughs) I don't know, whatever it is for you. So understand what that emotional to uh, emotional rule really is. Then the next step is to look at it differently. And if this is something that you need help with, that is part of the work that I do in the release methodology that I teach in the release method. And I can truly help you reprioritize and make decisions. But if you just want something quick to get started, you can just listen to episode six to two to understand why we make the choices we make. But if you're going to specifically work on sugar or alcohol, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash call and book a call with me or my team. And we can very, you know, happily show you how we can help. The next is to understanding the real why you want to quit, insert the habit and being as real and truthful as possible. Because if you stay on the shoulds and coulds and the, you know, oh, this would be wonderful, then it's not going to work sustainably. Next, I like to take the pressure off by not making it a forever thing and just allowing myself to, if I choose in the future to change my mind, as long as I'm in complete alignment with a new choice, that's fine. I think that really helps with the long-term maintenance of a choice. And lastly, understanding that others don't need to make the same choice as you, no matter how many benefits you get out of that choice. Yes, if people ask, of course, you can you know, tell them and share with them. But anytime that we become a little too preachy about something or we try to impose it on people, that's usually when they take a step back and they start avoiding us, right? So let them come to you and ask you and then you can share as opposed to imposing. Do this for you, you know, really stick to it. And if you need any support, we're here and we're happy to assist by going to naturallyjoyous.ca slash call. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. 
I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy, and until next time.